that's what the best hackers do is they figure out a way to lure you in, tug at your heartstrings and get you to play and do whatever they want. They have clever techniques that they can use to manipulate you. You're listening to Mom After Hours, a podcast where we talk about the wins and challenges of being a modern mom. For real, we don't sugarcoat and we cover everything that is taboo. And don't you worry, mama, we save a seat for you. Hello, hello, and welcome to Mom After Hours. This is your host, Brandi Wyattrack. Today, we are talking about fishing and catfishing. And no, I'm not talking about the fish you catch in a lake. I'm talking about the guys who are trying to catch you and your family and your children online. I don't know about you, but I've definitely noticed an increase in scam emails, direct messages on Instagram and Facebook from men who think you're so beautiful, think I'm beautiful, want to spend their money on me and blah, blah, blah. Click this link. Let's get to know each other, exchange pictures. And mama, I would say 99% of the time that stuff is fake. It is somebody impersonating another person, all in an effort to get your money, get your account information. And these are skilled professionals doing these things. This is increasing even more so during the pandemic. So I thought that this would definitely be a topic that everyone needs to hear. This does not discriminate against women, men, children, by color, anything. This can happen to any of you. And if you have not been catfished yet, most likely you know someone who has been catfished. So today we have Stacey Eldridge on the show. She began her security career nearly 20 years ago with the FBI as a digital investigator. It wasn't until the birth of her son that she realized she needed more flexibility in her career. Hello, hello. Yes, I agree with her on that. But shortly before her son's first birthday, she started Silicon Prairie Cyber Services. It's a woman-owned company, and she helps small businesses and entrepreneurs, mompreneurs protect their businesses and their customer data. She knows her stuff, and she is going to help us stay protected online, give us advice about how we can spot a catfish, the first thing to do if you're being catfished, what should you do if you already sent them money. There's a lot of different scams that are out there. So she's going to kind of give us a heads up on some of those things and ultimately give us advice on how we can protect not only ourselves, but our children online. We've got quite a bit to cover. So let's jump in. I was fortunate to meet Stacy when I was traveling through Egypt pre-kids in my early 20s. That was when I was living a whole other different life. Stacy has a pretty interesting background and I was so excited to meet her and we've been lucky to stay in contact through our lives, getting married and having children. And I'm really curious to know, Stacy, what did your life look like before you became a mother? Before I became a mother, I was really independent. I got married later in life. And so before I got married, like I had a solid decade of traveling hard. Like I would go on two big international trips a year. I'd go on these big trips, how I met you, there'd be like 50 people in the group and we'd really travel and get to know each other and have a good time. So I traveled the the world. 
And then when I wasn't traveling, I was working so I could pay for that habit. But, you know, the work I did was very important to me because it was always about service. And so when I was working, I was into it like 150%, 200%. Like I felt like if I wasn't traveling, all I was doing was working and I loved my job and I loved what I did. And so I was happy to work all the time. So it was just like work and travel. That was me. Mm-hmm. That sounds like the same as me. And then all of a sudden you're like, you get pregnant and you're like, oh my gosh. And you think, I mean, you understand that you've got to make some sacrifices, but then you don't realize how much motherhood changes you <laughs> or the changes that you've got to make. Yeah, you don't. I mean, like I knew it was going to be different and obviously I'd have to prioritize differently, but I thought I would be able to put things in these neat and tidy little buckets, but it was really hard for me to pull back on my full-time job and not work all those extra hours that I was. And then it was hard to give time to my husband and hard to give time to the baby as well. It was really hard to balance it. And I also didn't think mom guilt would happen to me. And it did. Yeah. And mom guilt definitely happens to the best of us. And I'm, I used to be like, why do people, why do they, my mom's my mom friends like feel so guilty. It's like, why they should be happy. They should be grateful. And obviously once you have kids, then you have that epiphany like, oh, oh, okay. I get it now. I get it. (laughs) So what, what were you doing for a career before your child was born? So I had, you know, a few um, twists and turns along the way. I've always been in some realm of IT, but specifically more security stuff. My first little bit was as a software developer. I did that for a few years. But then the big thing, the big change was I got into the FBI as a digital investigator. And I did that for about a decade. And I was a computer forensic examiner specifically. So I spent a lot of time examining digital media. So like hard drives, computers, if anything could store data on it, like I was trying to examine it and get that data off and seeing how it was significant to that case. Worked a lot of crazy things over that time. Uh, And after a solid decade, I thought, you know, I want to do something a little different. I want to get into leadership. So then I moved over to a top 20 Fortune 500 company and I did data loss prevention. And so for that, I was responsible for protecting intellectual property, protecting crown jewels. And I did that through leading investigations and data recovery services. And I thought, you know, I really did a lot in this super narrow niche and I loved it, but I wanted to do more. So that's what I thought, ah, I can get it to cybersecurity because that's really broad and I can do a lot of things in terms of protection. And so then I pivoted and went into public power and public power was really interesting because instead of just responsibilities to protect your regular corporate network, you have this huge responsibility to protect critical infrastructure because nobody wants the power going out. So I kind of twisted and turned and then most recently I decided to launch my business so I could continue to help in a little bit different way where I can help small businesses protect their own business data and their customer data. And was that change brought on by the fact that you had became a mother? It it honestly was, you know, I, when I had the baby, I was planning on going back to work full time. I went back to work full time. And then I just sort of had this struggle where I felt like I needed to 
put in so many more hours at that nine to five job than I could to get it done right. And, you know, there's a lot of bureaucracy in any corporate job. And I wanted a way to continue to serve and help people protect things. And just through my experience and what I had seen and heard, I thought, you know, there's a big gap out there in terms of cybersecurity and data protection. And that big gap is for small businesses. And so I decided to pivot and get out and start my own business so I could focus on that gap and help and serve that way. That is awesome. And you, I'm sure you gained lots of valuable experience by working with all these different companies, especially with the FBI. And I'm sure you were on some pretty cool cases. Can you share any of the cases that you worked on? I can. So it's kind of funny what makes a case like interesting to me when I look back. Sometimes it's like what happened when you were executing a search warrant. Sometimes it's something interesting that you saw while you were examining the evidence. And then sometimes it's like how you had to put together all the pieces of the puzzle. So I'll just kind of toss out a few different things that I worked on. So when I was in Los Angeles, I worked on some cases where there were nude celebrity pictures stolen. And I just kind of found it interesting that the celebrity has to send naked pictures to their stylist. I don't understand why they do what? it, but <laughs> I guess maybe to see their body style and body type, if they're like fitting them in clothes, they're like, okay, if they have this kind of figure, then this outfit's going to look good on them. But even then you'd think, I mean, were they in their bra and undies or <laughs> oh, these were like nude pictures? So oh my I'm, gosh. I'm, yeah. So that was kind of an interesting case um, to work that just because of the why behind that. And uh, then another case in LA, we were um, executing a search warrant at the Los Angeles International Airport. And so if you've ever been there, you know, it's huge. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we had to do was go and get some stuff from the bags. And so the bags are down below where they're scurrying them from, you know, one plane to the other plane. And what I learned from that is like, I am super impressed that anybody ever gets their luggage out of the airport ever, because it is just a huge mess down there. Bags everywhere. Like I have no idea how it's organized and I had no idea how we found the bags that we needed to get the evidence out of. So that that was a little. Yeah, that's nuts. That's crazy. Well, we both know that you definitely know your stuff and you have been helping not only our government, but corporations, now small businesses. And to me, small businesses, like for some people, they think small businesses, they think always brick and mortar. But I'm obviously for our audience, we're all moms. And I know a lot of moms who are mom bloggers who are making money off of their blogs. I know uh, moms that are out there that are doing virtual assistant work from home and just doing like these little side hustles and there and we really don't think about how to protect those cuz some some of us don't think of it as a business but when you're making money and you're interacting with things online you're 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 kind of in in business so i really wanted you here to kind of like open up that conversation to our mom listeners about how to protect yourself online and protect your family online, especially when you have a public platform and maybe you don't even have a business, but you have an Instagram page, you might have a Facebook page and you are constantly getting bombarded with these messages. You'd be getting bombarded with emails to 
you know, your email account for your website or anything like that. And it's sometimes can be confusing about what's legitimate and what's not. Um, can you kind of explain what are the different ways that we can be fished and kind of explain what fished means versus catfishing? Sure. So I'll go through a couple of different things. So you mentioned fishing, but I want to start with something a little more fundamental that more people might be familiar with. And that is like the spam and the scam emails that you see out there. So the spam is just basically like the advertisements for junk you probably don't want, but maybe you buy it anyways, um, because there's just something about that. And so when it's that spam, you may not get the product or it may be a really low end product that breaks right away. And then there's the next level where it's the scams. And so the scams are some of those emails where think of it as money for nothing. And you've probably seen like that Nigerian print scheme. If you'll just send me a few thousand dollars, you can help me get my money out of the country and then I'll pay you back plus a percentage of whatever you help me get my money out, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So that's more scammy. And those types of emails are very random and broad and they're really targeting anybody that has an email address. But then we get into phishing. Phishing is more targeted. And a phishing email has something in it that is meant to lure you in. It has something that you want. You got to have it and you can't miss out. And they use artificial timelines to get you to hurry up and like click on that link without paying attention. And most of the time, there's something in that email that is too good to be true. And that's that final lure that gets you to click. Now, phishing will be more targeted. They're generally going after a business or a specific person at a business, or they could even try to target you as a person individually. And when they're doing the phishing, they have an end goal in mind and they want to get to something. It's often resources on your network or the information on your computer or they even want your money. I mean, that's what bad guys really want at the end of the day is, is money. Um, and they do the phishing in a few different categories that I want to talk about. So the first one that's really easy for them to do is something called clone phishing. And that's where they take a copy of an email that's real and has already been sent out and they modify it slightly and send it out. And you're more apt to click on it because it's very familiar to you. And then the next level up is spear phishing. And this is where they're getting in and they're specifically targeting a business to get in and to get information. And so they will really target and customize that email to the employees of that company with something that will lure them in and make them want to click so they can get access. The next one is called welling. And that's where they go after executives. And even if you have a small business, you could be subject to whaling just because of the nature of your business. And so they're going to target you specifically because of your knowledge, your business, whatever you have. Where in a big corporation, they do the whaling to go after the executives because of their level of authority or because of their access to information. Phishing, is it considered the same thing if you're receiving those in another outlet like Instagram? They don't, I haven't seen a term for it just for when it comes over 
social media other than it's just basic social engineering where they're trying to work a scam on you to get you to click. And so, I mean, they certainly use the properties of phishing where they're like sending you that link and trying to get you to click. And then when you click that link, you know, you're giving over your important information. But I've seen a lot of those same scams come over social media too, because what's the latest one where it's like three pictures have you seen that one yet? I'm not sure. In Instagram? Yeah, sorry. There's a scam going around on Instagram where they send you a message like they know you and it says something about, you know, here's three pictures. Take a look at them now. It took me a lot longer to get them up. And then, you know, you click on that link and you give everything around. So I give oh, everything no, to them. I didn't know that. I've heard different stories from other moms who have online platforms and even women that don't, I guess, necessarily have a business, but they have online platforms. They're getting the emails, but then they're also getting these messages from these random men where they're trying to engage with them and they're sending links like, oh, um, send me your photos through this link because for my phone, I can't get photos through this way. And as maybe like a lonely mom or something that might not be able to tell, you know, that this person is not legitimate. You know, they're easily falling prey to these men or women or whoever. Obviously, they're impersonating people. So sometimes it's like a mastermind. They're trying to get their information. And I know a lot of people that this has happened to where they've lost money, a large amount of money, or they've been manipulated. I think what it was is they had exchanged photos with the person and in this case, it was actually nude photos. And then the person asked them for money. They sent him a link and it's like, hey, you know, I need this money because of XYZ reason. My mom's in the hospital or whatever. You know, they have their ploy, you know, where they're trying to make you feel bad for them. And then the, the mom or the person is like, this doesn't sound right. And they tell them no. And then the person it's like, okay, well, then I'm going to share these photos that you sent to me on YouTube and I'm going to share them on social media. And they like trick these women and they're preying on women. And obviously they're preying on companies. They're just preying on everyone trying to get money. That's why I'm like, man, we need to talk more about this. And I'm even just learning now, like I didn't realize the difference between all the the phishing emails. I mean, there's all this things about phishing online. <laughs> I'm like, there's a catfish, there's phishing. So just what you told me in the last few minutes, I'm like, oh my gosh, I already, I already <laughs> learned a lot about what the differences are. And, and that's just it. There are so many ways out there for the bad guys to come at you. And that's their full-time job where you have your business, your side hustle, or your mom full-time, and you're still want to get out there and be social. And they're just coming at you every which way. That's what the best hackers do is they figure out a way to lure you in tug at your heartstrings and get you to play and do whatever they want. They have clever techniques that they can use to manipulate you. And this might be a good segue to talk about catfishing because some of the stuff you were just talking about with like sending them money, they need money for help, that kind of streams into the standard catfishing scam. So let me talk about what that is at a high level, just so people have an idea as we start to talk about that. Catfishing is the online con where someone basically assumes a new identity so they can seduce a stranger on the internet. Some of them are doing it for companionship because they don't think their own identity is good enough, but most of the time it is more malicious than that. And they are trying to trap people at the end of the day so they can hand over money. 
and really think of it as luring someone into a romantic relationship with bad intentions. There's a lot of those out there. To me, it's so obvious. And I don't know if it's just because I majored in criminal justice and I learned a lot about like, I don't know, or maybe I'm just intuitive and I know these things, but I feel like some of them are so blatantly obvious, but then there's a lot that aren't. And do you have any ideas or like what things to look for to spot a catfish? A lot of times they're saying exactly what you want to hear. They're getting too serious too soon. They only have a certain amount of photos. And then when you're like, okay, let's talk on video. They're like, oh, my video is broken or some other excuse. Are there any ways to figure out if this person is a catfish? Yep. You already mentioned a few good ones. And I'll just kind of go down a list of things you can start with as you're entering this interaction with this person. The first thing you should do is check their online profile. Do they only have just a couple of friends? Was their profile recently created? If that's the case, it should be a big red flag because most of us, if we're, you know, older, we've had social media profiles for quite a while and we've had quite a few friends. And then you just mentioned another classic one. They don't want to ever talk to you on the phone and they most certainly don't ever want to meet you in person or they don't want to video chat with you. Those should all be sending up a few red flags. And then along that same lines, they have this beautiful or ruggedly handsome profile picture that is too good to be true. And like all of their pictures are like that. They don't have any candid pictures on your profile or that they've ever sent to you. And so when you start seeing those beautiful pictures over and over again from them, you can go to this website called tinyeye.com and you can use that to look up those pictures to see where else they've been used. And I suggest doing this, especially if they never want to video chat with you as well. Yeah, that's a really good tip. There's some really good websites for doing the reverse photo search. And I've had to do it quite a few times for my friends because not even just friends, family too, where I'm like, this just seems really weird, too good to be true, where they're talking about love and marriage and all this in two weeks and they haven't even met them face to face. And I'm like, what? It's just very, very weird. I actually, someone very close to me was scammed or catfished online and she was talking to someone someone for almost two years. And basically everything you just said about like if it's their life is too good to be true and they have the low friend count and they can't ever talk to you on video. This person, they literally checked off all those T's, but she did not believe that this guy was not real. And I had to, I like, we would fight about it. I'm like, dude, this person is not legitimate. And that person would be asking her for money. But then what's weird is sometimes he would send her money, like a small amount, but then I don't know if she was doing money laundering for the person or what, because it's weird. Sometimes these guys will ask them to transfer money to this place, to this place, and then they'll give them a cut. And it's just weird. And obviously every situation is different, but person that I'm close to, they lost over like six, $7,000 from being catfished. And, and even after it happened and the person just dropped off once they got the money, they still believe that that person was real and that something just happened to him. 
And like at the end of this year, this person, they reached out to me and they said, hey, you know what had happened to so-and-so? He actually died. His son reached out to me and he sent me pictures from the funeral and, and this and that. And he said that my dad wanted me to give you something and he would be in touch with me. And I'm like, dude, this is not real. And I'm like, can you send me the pictures they sent? And what's weird is like when I saw the pictures, it was it was professional photos, and I'm like, who takes professional photos at a funeral? I'm like, obviously, this person was famous or something like the images. I'm like, this isn't just a regular person that would have these type of professional photos. And me, being the PI that I like to pretend to be, non trusting person. <laughs> yeah, and I'm totally not a trusting person. <laughs> I I was looking at the pictures, and I would say, I mean, not everybody. I don't know. I'm a pretty worldly person. So when I looked at the pictures and I knew all of the information about this guy that he had supposedly told the person, and I'm like, these these people kind of look like Australian. Like when I saw the picture, I'm like, okay, Australian. And then I, I don't know. I looked at them and I'm like, these people look like Aussies. And that's not where this per- this man was supposedly from. So I'm like, I got to research these photos. So I had found a website where I did the reverse photos and these people... It was from this rich guy in Australia, his funeral three years earlier. And supposedly this funeral had happened like a several days before. Who right, had sent recently. The, yeah. And then the person in the picture was the daughter of the man who died. But my friend said, oh yeah, that's his ex-wife. And I'm like, no, this is the prime minister of Australia, or she's like some council member, some famous council member. So they basically stole all these pictures from these famous Australians and were posing as these people. And it was just, and it it wasn't until that point, three years later, that, you know, my, my friend realized like, she was legitimately scammed and that person took her money and they were not who they said they were. And it's, it's just crazy that it gets to that point and you can have all those red flags and we still fall prey to it. But the, the bad guys are good. I mean, don't think that they're working one original scam just on you. They're running the same scam over and over again on multiple people. So they get really good at that and they know all the right things to say and how to tug at your heartstrings and you're in it and you know how it is you're in it. And so it's hard to kind of step back and be objective because you have feelings and all those warm and fuzzies and you want to believe the best in people. And so it's really Mm -hmm. easy for them to take advantage. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're all different people. And I guess it all depends too on what you're going through in your life. If you're feeling lonely, especially like like our mothers or women that might be experiencing empty nest syndrome, or maybe they're single and this wealthy, amazingly handsome man reaches out to you and tells you how beautiful and wonderful you are. And you have this constant affection and attention and you didn't, you were lacking that before. I can see how you would not want to give that up. Feel good. You like yeah. to whatever makes you feel good. And you might think that it would be worth the money. You're like, okay, well, if he needs $100, it's fine because I really enjoy his company or whatever. So I understand, but I guess because I'm 
critical <laughs> because I'm not a trusting person, I guess. It's just easier for me. But I'm wondering, what's the first thing we should do if we think we are being catfished? So if you think you're being catfished, kind of go over that some of those things we talked about and do some of that stuff. Do some Googling, do some searching and see what you can find out about this person. And and if you're saying like, yes, it's a new profile and you know these are just professional pictures and they never want to video chat, then I think you really need to consider if you need to pursue it. And I would suggest if you start feeling uneasy about it, just end it. You don't have to be in a relationship, even if it's just like an online friendship where you feel uncomfortable. And if it's seeming really suspicious, just break all contact. If you take the time to send them a message about ending it, then they are probably going to pursue you even more heavily versus if you just ghost them. Okay. What do you do if you already sent them money? Yeah. If you've sent them money, go ahead and file a police report. And then you can also file a complaint on the Internet Crime Center, which is a website ran by the FBI. And that's ic3.gov. It's ic3.gov. And file your complaints and then wait for instructions from your local police department because they might want you to continue to engage with this person under their direction so they can try to find them and then save everything in case the police department wants it for evidence. That is so smart. I feel like you would want to get your money back, but then at the same time, you're probably ashamed that you allowed, not allowed it to happen, but I know... And I'm really trying hard to protect this person's identity because I don't want to put them on blast. But I know they really struggled with shame and they just felt so stupid. And I just, I can't believe this. I can't believe I let this happen. And I'm a smart person. But it's like you said, these people are professionals and they know how to do like all the psychological twisting and they like use what you say against them. Like if they're trying to, they're sharing lies, like my wife died, my child died or something horrible happened. And then you're being vulnerable and you might be sharing really personal things with them. Well, they end up, you know, using those things against them. Like these are straight up professionals and a lot of them are making a shit ton of money off scamming people online. It's a scary world, y'all. It's scary out there. But I definitely think that those tips will help women out there to just stay vigilant and think twice when you get just a creepy email or a creepy DM from a guy who is trying to woo you and you don't know them from Jack. Yeah, when you get all that creepy stuff, you don't have to reply and you can block those profiles and you can report those profiles. And if, especially if you think you've been catfished and it's more just that one-off creepy message, make sure to report those profiles, whether it's on like social media or a dating website. So that way they can be investigated and brought down. That's another good idea. Also, I learned that there's other websites out there that if you have been scammed or you've been catfished, you can put the name of that person on there or the names and aliases that they gave you and where they said they were from. You can put down the pictures that they used. And then it's like basically a support group. And all these people will share this information because this person who was scammed that I'm talking about has been scammed multiple times. I mean, she might not have given them money every time, but she's had, you know, where the hot military guy reaches out and, 
you know, he's oh, yeah, trying to get to know one. her. Yeah. Like where they're stealing like these military leaders photos and they're in Afghanistan and I can't do video, but I can talk to you every freaking day for two hours. It's like, come on, a busy and I, military and I guy. Bucks so I can go on leave. Yeah. And, uh, exactly. Can't afford my flight. And it's like, dude, this guy's in the military, a top leader. He doesn't have time to be just talking to you in Facebook groups and Facebook messenger and whatever. Like this, it's, yeah, you've got to definitely think twice before any man reaches out to you through social media or through email that you don't know. Are there are there ways that we can protect ourselves online or our families online, like resources that could help protect us from the phishing emails or, I mean, besides like malware or whatever on our computer? So one of the things I want to mention, especially when it comes to your family, is we tend to think that technology is the end-all be-all solution that is going to save us from all of this bad stuff. But really, it's about communication and understanding what's going on. So like with your children, it's really good to have, you know, um, antivirus software, endpoint protection, and set all those parental controls but really you want to talk to your kids about what is okay behavior on the internet, what websites they should be going to. And then you should also talk to them about the type of behavior they should expect from other people on the internet. Tell them that it's not okay to share certain pictures. Tell them it's not okay to take pictures with their clothes off and stuff like that. And then let them know that it is okay and encourage for them to come to you when they're feeling uncomfortable about that behavior. And it could just be bullying. Somebody's asking them strange questions. They're just not feeling right. And I think a lot of us just kind of forget to have that conversation with our kids about the dangers of the internet because there's so many good things that they can do on it. And right now during like COVID-19, we've all been inside. So we're online more than ever. So I think having those conversations and encouraging and keeping your children out in the public areas of the home while they're on the internet will help reduce that risk. I'm so glad you brought that up, especially us moms who are raising young girls and you you know being a young woman and even you know nowadays it's like these 8-year-olds are acting like they're 13. They're right. putting themselves out there on Instagram and on Facebook and TikTok and all these places. And they're vying for attention and they're seeking validation. And these scammers and these nasty dudes are watching and listening and messaging them and preying on them. So it's, it is very important to have that conversation with your children, whether they're boys or girls. But I feel like even more so with girls because I feel like women are targeted a lot because we feel more like we, you know, if somebody messages us and they're like, oh yeah, you're so beautiful and great. And and then they talk about how their, you know, their kid just freaking I don't know, got stolen from them. <laughs> I don't know. Like you, they try to like play up this sad situation so that you feel bad for them. And then obviously as women, we're nurturers and we want to try to help them. I feel like if you don't talk to your children about these kind of things, then yeah, they can very easily fall prey to these type of things as well, the exact same situations as mama. Yeah. And you have to have that difficult conversation and say, there are bad people on the internet. They may not be what they seem and they are going to try to manipulate you and get you to do bad stuff. 
And so I think it's especially important for women, young women, and even girls to remember that anything you put on the internet will last forever. And when I say internet, I mean, email, texting, social media, Snapchat, web chat, any of that stuff you're using, once you send them that digital file, it's gone and from your own possession and it's out there forever. And so even if you think, well, Snapchat, they can still screenshot it and, you know, keep it and share it, you know, out there across to the masses. And I just hate to see young women who've sent those naughty pictures to their boyfriends and then they break up and then they get blasted everywhere or they get blackmailed. So they don't release those pictures. Yeah, that's, (laughs) you just really can't even do anything nowadays. When I was in my early twenties, believe me, I had sent a picture or two and now looking back and seeing just just what is happening, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh my God. I'm like, I can't believe I did that. And obviously I was young, wild and free and, you know, dating, you know, you don't think about those things. And then all these just crazy things are happening. I mean, obviously this was years ago, like when Kim Kardashian had her freaking video leaked and all this stuff. I'm like, man, y'all mamas who are out there dating or whatever you're doing. I'm like, do not send naked photos. Don't send video. Don't do anything that you wouldn't want the public to see. I always kind of think like, what would I be ashamed to have my parents see before I like post that on the internet, share that on the internet? Yeah, now that's a good, that's a good question to ask yourself before sending those pictures. It's like, I mean, got to do your best. You got to do your best. So you have had a lot go on these last couple of years. You know, you've got a beautiful little boy. You started your own business. Is there anything new and exciting on the home or career front coming up for you? I wish I could say like we would be traveling the world again soon on the home front, but that just doesn't seem possible. But as as soon as that happens, we are certainly going to book a the second international trip for the little boy because he already has one passport stamp. So he needs another one. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Where would you want to go? Oh, you know, we kind of been talking about going back to Germany. We do a lot of stuff um, in the Caribbean because we like to go scuba diving, but it's, it's been a couple years since we've been in Europe and it's always fun to get back to like my traveling routes of Europe. Yeah. Oh, I love Germany. I have learned a ton of things from you. Is there a place where our listeners can find out more about you and Silicon Prairie Cyber Services or learn more about how to protect yourself online? Absolutely. So if you go to siliconprairiecyber.com, that's my website. I have several free info sheets where you can download and learn a lot of great stuff. And then you can find me on social media, specifically Facebook and Instagram at Silicon Prairie Cyber Services. And you can even connect with me, Stacy Eldridge, on LinkedIn. Thank you for coming on the show, Stacy. Thanks fun. for having me. It was so great to chat. Thank you for listening to Mom After Hours. That was Stacy Eldridge. If you'd like to learn more about anything we mentioned in today's show, check out momafterhours.com forward slash episodes. And if you have an extra moment in your day, Mama, I would appreciate a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Your love and support means the world to me. 